0: Trouble the water, come on, that was awesome. Hey, right, What a great service so far. Thank you so much for everybody that shared. The communion was awesome, the welcome, the contribution. It's awesome to hear uh, the message of good news refreshes us when feet go back and forth seeing God's power and we're seeing a movement of God, of people who are humble to be united in one God, one faith, one scripture and not deviate from scripture, amen? amen? So turn your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. You know, we're gonna continue in the book of Acts a little bit, but I wanna remind us, when we read the Bible, whether you read it on your own in the morning or you're here at church with me, you gotta remember what's at stake. Yeah. What does that mean, the accessibility of having a Bible Anywhere, anytime, it's more easy and accessible to look at the Word of God than it's ever been in the whole world. Digitally, you can, even if you don't have a Bible, you can just go on, you can go to the library if you don't have internet. You can go anywhere if you don't have internet and still go on Bible Gateway or wherever and find the truth. But we all have our Bibles as disciples, right? Because that's what God is still moving through. God is spirit and we worship God in spirit and truth. And the truth is the word of God. Let's preface here something Peter says, inspired by the Spirit of God, to help us understand when we go back in time, so to speak, to Acts, and look and pick up what they're doing. Here's our brother Peter, older, continuing to be carried by the Spirit. About 68 AD, he wrote this in verse 16. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. So we have this prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the will, human will, but, pro, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You know, Peter uses the word of God here, and he calls the world, he called the world a dark place. The word he used means murky, translated from the, from the original transcripts more of like a murky place. It's messy. Yeah. It pictures a dank, like, cellar. Have you ever been in an old basement or cellar that's mildewy and dank, and you don't, you're only going down there to find something quickly that's stored, but you don't want to stay? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dismal swamp. See, the human history began in what? A lovely garden, the Garden of Eden. God created this beautiful earth. And said, man, it starts, if you just obey me, I want to give you everything. I want relationships with you. Began in the lovely garden, but that garden has now today become, what Peter says, a dark place. A a very dark place. We see, when we look at this world system, it's an indication of what? The the, the spiritual condition of the world. It's messed up. And why we're not being judgmental, only when you understand you will do well to pay attention to it and understand the light of Jesus Christ and God's truth to not only empower you with faith, to forgive you, but to give you the power to change and have your eyes opened to the real truth of walking in the Garden of Eden, so to speak, again, yes. with God obedient. So we have a privilege and responsibility to what? Hold this word of life that, that Peter's trying to use with God's spirit carrying. He says, above all, you got to get this. You don't get this, you're not going to be able to move forward on your thinking about God and your belief in God. Because if you ask what is your faith based on, it must be based on the words of God. It can't be based on part opinion and the word of God. People Slowly but surely, even good intentions slowly drift into mixed... Confusion, and then drift into denominations and then people that are believing in God but are part of different groups that don't agree with each other in merry ways and they're divided. So he says, above all, you got to get this. This is one of two important scriptures affirming the divine inspiration of the word of God, which means when you believe and understand this, no one can touch you. No one can hurt you. What God will allow or cause anything to happen. And then we even know God says when challenges happen, I haven't forgot you. I'm allowing it to happen to strengthen you and to do things you may not even understand. But I'm a good God and continue to be obedient and understand the greatest reward is not in this life. Peter affirms the scriptures. They're not written by humans. They never were there's not their own ideas this is a good idea let me write this down no he says they were prophets of god who were moved by the holy spirit and the word translated moved means to be carried along to continue to write down this mission so we can look at it and people of all time with god's spirit still running the show is always calling a people of God to him. Rise up, O men and women of God. God says what? He's seeking those who want a relation with him. God looks for those who want to worship in spirit and truth. Those are the kind of worshipers he seeks, right? John 4. But they're being carried along. It's a story of truth that we all want to be, God wants to include us because God is still living and active and working in our lives and wanting everyone to come to a knowledge of the truth and be saved. People die, but the Word of God lives. It's living and active forever. God is alive, it's eternal. Experiences you have will fade, memories, good, bad times will fade. But the word of God remains. And the world grows darker. But the prophetic light of the truth of God moved by the spirit does what? Shines bright. People who build their lives on the word of God are people who are looking for the coming of Jesus Christ to return but not enjoying their life and still living life to the full. But they're living with an ulterior motive. I'm living for God and everything God has allowed me to obtain with my doing your best and growing in your talents and in schooling or whatever your endeavors are, you never mix it up. Everything that God has allowed me, blessings, all things, is a platform used to continue to honor God and give glory. And it's easy to mix that up if you don't stay focused on the truth. We have to build our, continue to build on the word of God. And that's why we're a church that really falls, And that's why it's so amazing how God showed how did this thing start after Jesus died and raised from the dead. And that's why we're looking at the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the only place you can find that really shows how and when the church began and how to emulate and imitate the true church that Jesus calls his. Yes. It's the only blueprint. You see the spirit and the lives and the way of life, people living in the same spirit one has when they come to God and want to be submissive and humble and follow God. Right? And we will be taught by God's spirit, grounded on the word of God. We will worship in spirit and truth. So now let's go to the book of Acts. Let's go to chapter 15. You guys ready? So the title is Zeal for Unity. See, God knew that he had to explain when he worked through all these people over 1,500 years and allowed the scriptures to become uh, uh, the Bible, the Old and the New Testament. He knew that we're going to have questions and people are going to try to, uh, that don't have faith, are going to go, you sure this is the Bible? How do you know? I've been to church. Well, people mess it up. Churches can't even get it right. Yeah. We in this church will still sin and make mistakes, but we got a hold of the word of God. Amen. Yeah. Speaking of mistakes. I made one at the announcements, so just hold your thoughts. Don't leave too much. We're not meeting here next Sunday. We're starting regional services. If You're just visiting. About seven years, we sent out amazing disciples. Over half the church planned for a year, led by Matt and Helen, who was leading this church powerfully, led a group that took time, people that moved, not only people on staff that moved, but people that decided to get jobs and move to plant the great Miami church. Then we started rebuilding again. We always become weaker for the sake of the gospel. Now we're building again here like any church, like the Acts tells us, like God says, "Day, you're not done. Continue to seek and save the lost while you're growing with me. And that's why we're going to regional services and those are gonna be house churches. So if you're yeah. visiting, ask who you're, you came with because now we're gonna do, like in the acts, they st- most of the church services were in houses. Yes. So it's gonna be exciting. So everybody, it, we'll have it on the app, members, but you'll have the addresses very clearly and everything and I'm very proud to, to say that India and Parker are gonna lead one of the regions. Yeah. It, they're leading the east region, they lead campus but they'll also be married. Earl and Janice are leading the South region. And then we have Stephen and Leander Hill who are stepping up. And they're going to lead, it's the West region. And Amy and Chaz Goins lead that uh, uh, region. But Chaz, Chaz right now is going through an illness which we need to keep praying for because they don't know what's wrong. He's lost 30 pounds and he's a fighter here but it's hard to even walk and energy and we don't know what's going on and they're hoping to get approved. So pray for them that they can see a special, another specialist because the doctors that have went through it, no, we'd have no answers and he's not getting well. Yeah. And just pray for him and encourage him. But you are a hero, bro, and you are showing us your boldness and your strength yes. about God is God and I love you and I know it's so hard. Yes. Okay, so zeal for unity. Let's pick it up in Acts 15 and what I want you to see, even though the Spirit of God has given us the whole truth, He allows us as people, one of our core convictions is, we, can, we, the, we, we, do not, we remain silent where the Bible speaks. Yes. Where the Bible does not speak, we can speak as long as it goes in accomplishing God's will and does not contradict the doctrine of God's word, yes. right? Like Bible talks, meeting at houses, yes. what time? So here we see, The first central leadership and the first leader of, as with the apostles, but we see them working things out and challenges come. And this is an incredible historical thing of showing God's still in control, but men have to work through things and things can happen in churches. And unfortunately, churches can split if we don't stay humble. Split in a good way. You're growing. You're together, but we're going, let's continue to advance. Let's look at Acts chapter 15, verse 1. Zeal for unity, which means we all must fight for the truth above relationship. God's truth in the word of God must be above relationships. What's that mean? That means no relationship, if they don't uh, condone the scriptural walk you have, you're still going to love them, but you're not going to break your faith. They're not going to make you stumble. You're going to put the truth of God's word first, even if you get persecuted. Acts 15, verse 1. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas to sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some of the other believers to go to Jerusalem to see the apostles who walked with Jesus and were eyewitnesses, right? And the elders about this question. So here's a battle. What's going on here? We know in Acts 2, all people must make Jesus Lord and Christ. And they go, what do we do? We repent Amen. of your sin. You're baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.38. Now they're saying, we got to do this. Oh, oh, oh. It, that happens, right? right? Look what's going on now. They got to get together, but there's unity. Now let's just keep reading. So Paul and Bartimus appointed, along with the other believers, go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. And when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said that Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this a question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them, Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we're saved just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us, which is Simon Peter, he's just saying Simon. Simon has described to us, How God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this as it is written. After this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I I will rebuild and I will restore it. That the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name. Says the Lord who does these things and have been known for ages. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals and from blood. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, two men who were leading leaders among the brothers. With them, they sent the following letter. I'm there. Could you imagine being in that room? Seeing Paul and Silas and James, and they're, they're already they're together, the spirits move powerfully, and they're supposed to move the church, and there's this first possible division that could have ruined everything. Yeah. See how bad that would have been? Yeah. So, uh, which, which verse? Okay, um, verse uh, 23. 23, here we go. With them, they sent the following letter. The apostles, elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cecilia, Cecilia, greetings, Cil- Cilicia, excuse me, Cilicia, been there, it's a very nice place, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Syria and Cilicia, greetings, we have heard that someone went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we agreed to choose some men and sent them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul men who have risked their lives for the name of Jesus, for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by the word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You were abstained from food, sacrificed to idols, blood from strangled animals, And from sexual immorality, you will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. So the men were sent off when went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. People read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Let's just stop there. Unity. They brought it in. People that had been baptized into Christ, but there was a big split because Jesus had to convince, remember 3,000 were baptized in Acts 2, they were Jews. But God said all nations, but they, remember it was Pentecost, Jews from every nation were there. And God said, I'm going to start with the godly, focused, giving it all to me already Jews. And the ones that were there, that, that really traveled far to be there, they were as right as you could get following the law and really trying to sacrifice on our God and God and then when they understood Jesus was the final plan of God their hearts were humble and responded yeah. so three thousand were baptized that day and then he had to go on right and then he had to continue to work and Peter referenced like in Acts 10 they still were a little confused and God stamped Cornelius and some Gentiles and they went whoa yeah. this is the same the same thing's happening as happened in Acts 2 yeah. this is God God is stamping it and God's like no duh but I, I need you to see it now. We can look at it and say that, but you got to understand. That's why we have to have the words of God. We can all get confused too. People, yes. get, people are confused. I was confused until I studied the Bible. Yes, come on, Chris. So this was the first. Was like the Jerusalem Council? Did you see the leadership form? James, who stood up and made the final decision, was was Jesus' half brother, by the way. Right. And he said it, and obviously because he said and dressed him, we see that he was leading the church in Jerusalem. Wow. And Jerusalem was like the home where the apostles were and where they started, but they'd go back out and plant and set up and lead. But the central flagship church, so to speak, the leadership was were the apostles in Jerusalem. Yes. And that's kind of how we started in Los Angeles. Our church is simulating the training and the regions and the yes. growing and the sending out. It's kind of emulating that, and that's why we're sending out and sending out the same, the same imitation of the acts. L.A. is like our Jerusalem, and it started out, and now we're training, and now we got, we're planning churches. Now all the churches, Orlando and Miami and, and the world sectors, we're continuing to go. Amen? See that? It's like we're in God's plan. So the church was a good news celebration for people. See, in verse 5, the controversy over whether Gentiles must be circumcised more than just baptism in the blood of Jesus is where it started. Now, if you allowed that to happen, what would happen? Oh, my gosh, it would never end. Yeah. Yeah. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, listen to me. I wonder if he looked a little like Jesus. Who knows? You know, He's a half-brother. He's a half-brother, you know? That Jesus, you know, the same mom. That's interesting. But, you know, he stood up and said, listen to me. Which means he had weight. He wasn't saying it in a prideful way. Of course, we know spirits. Spirit. He goes, listen to me. Right. <laughs> and he heard... He listened, by the way. You notice how they didn't shut him down. He listened. He heard from the circumcision party. He listened to him, didn't agree with them, but listened to him. And then Peter and Paul then said. So we see the unification of leadership saying, no, it's my judgment that we should make it not difficult. Let's not bind people, and we're going to keep with the truth that started with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. God's continuing to move. Awesome. The crowd... Probably there was the majority of Jewish disciples. Most of them were Jewish disciples, which is fine because Jesus has all nations. Uh, Have you ever reached out to a person that's Jewish and they go, I'm Jewish? And unless you're prepared, you go, like it's done. No, it's not. Sometimes I'll even say Jesus was Jewish. And it's awesome, but the final plan of God is is Jesus continuing, you know? And they may say, no, no, that's all you can do. So Christians here, and in, in, in what we see is had one model of government, and, and what government means is order, decision-making, continuing to f- continue to move forward, like in America, they have the Constitution, right? And I'm not trying to compare that with the Bible, but there's something they go by. And there's been a lot of things that have been trying to, you know, and we have to fight for that. People die even for the, for the terrible things that have happened on freedom, right? right. And that's been compromised. James said, no, this is what we're going to do. And there was no voting or casting lots, by the way, just leadership that said, this is what's right, and the brothers felt good about it, and we're doing it. We're going to hold the line, what the scriptures already said. We're not changing. There was no democracy with God. God, where he speaks in the word, he is leading. And he's leading even when he doesn't speak. We're carrying out the will of God, right? So it's really cool because you see a central leadership making decisions yeah. and moving out and going out. But you see how they're trying to be unified in the spirit. And these guys had life experiences and they're writing scriptures. You could be prideful and say, listen, man, I'm the one that God used to say, men of Israel, listen to me. This is no, no one's drunk here. You know, just God, this is God's orchestration. God made this cheese bolt, you know what I mean? But he didn't. They continue to weave it in in a humble way. God is working. God has been working. And we've told you the miracles that are happening. So let's pick it up in Acts 15, verse 36. This is the second missionary journey here now, because they're getting ready to go back out again. So, so we see after the unity, it had to be forged, by the way. The unity, unity doesn't happen casually, does it? And we have, the, we have the word of God, but there's a lot of disputable things, and you've got to be sensitive, and you've got to be open to needs, and humility always wins. But the scriptures, unity must be forged as far as truth. You can't allow false traditions that cause stumbling or false doctrine, right? Sometimes people don't know it's even false doctrine until they're showed the Bible. Like, I think many of us, right? Right. Acts 15.36 says, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of God and see how they're doing. Overseeing evangelists. That's what that really means. We started it. We built it. It's going. We built it on Jesus' truth. Yeah. They're going. They're making disciples. Let's go back now and check in on them. Yes. See, that's what is part of a movement. We're not autonomous. Amen. And what that means, guys, you understand, like, I am the evangelist in a humble serving way of the Orlando church. I was appointed an evangelist before I was even sent here. I've led many churches. What I mean is servant led, but I'm never the end authority and nor should I be. There's always overseeing evangelists, why? We got the Bible, yeah, but unity must be forged. My marriage, if you're an evangelist leading a church, your marriage not has a choice. You must do well, and you must be open. Because if you're not righteous in every area and working to re- change and grow and be humble and be discipleable, you're going to be in trouble if you're in an influence situation with people. It's not going to work with God. It's going to cause a problem. So I love it. I said, let's go back through. Not in the dominating way. Let's check on them. Let's see how they're doing, man. We're told the truth. See that? Yeah. And then it says... Uh, They went to the towns and preached the word of the Lord to see how they were doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted him, deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. Before I start talking about this, you're like, whoa. Yeah, Yeah. whoa. There's arguments in the word of God. God's word is true. He gives us the truth, but he still sees just like you and I can. There's a problem right now. And I want you to see the last verse again as I read it. They had a sharp disagreement, and they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, comma, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. The commended, the scripture writes down who commended what. So we know that now it follows Paul, we don't see Mark or Barnabas for a while. Why? I'm not saying, but I'm saying the scriptures continue to work with them to write down for us. Commended. You must be sent out, not decide, I'm going to lead, I'm going to go in the ministry, I'm going to start a church. A lot of people just do that. I'm going to go get my ministry degree, which you can get in a cereal box if you want sometimes. (laughs) Because it's, not, it's about knowing the Bible, but it's about having to be in a group, holding the line, being in a fishbowl like a goldfish, letting people see you, having them in your home, knowing that you're just a person striving to follow the, the call of God, but there's no secrets, no hidden agenda, and we're all family. Amen. That's what it takes to walk in the light as a leader. Your life is an open book. Yeah, but that would be any of us, right? Because Jesus says walk in the light. Right. But you guys got to feel comfortable yeah. with the leader. But you see, commended by brothers, that means, they, that means the decision they were going along with, they commended Paul. Now let's look, Acts 15, 36, what it says, Paul wanted to t- go back and encourage all the churches that they started, right? Yeah. Barnabas went, wanted to take John Mark, and Paul said what? No. Now, it says why, right? Yeah. But we know after a great victory for unity at the Jerusalem Council that we just looked at, they made these decisions and held the line. The two men that most influenced the churches that were planted on the first missionary journey parted company. They were going in different directions. They didn't say they were going to change the truth, but there was a disagreement. And we, we, we can't really say much more except Paul said no because the guy fell short. And going on mission teams, by the way, is a different deal. You, everybody gets grace, but that's why we try to prepare people because everybody's saved by grace. But if you're going to go, you're really asked to go. And if that's God's will, you're never coming back. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, people come back if they get weak or whatnot, but your heart's like it's over. Yeah. If you're not ready to do that, then you're not ready to go. You can serve in different ways in the church, but that's a calling. Yeah. But to, 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 to abandon the situation is so painful. Yeah. And that's what happens. So he's not holding the grudge. He's just like, man, I'm on leadership. I can't take the chance. Yeah. The same time, Barnabas is the brother of encouragement. Remember, he was nicked. So maybe there was something Paul should have learned too. Like Paul was like, I want to take him. And maybe a little bit more as we look down the road, maybe he was saying, hey, we can work with him, give him another shot. And I do agree with that, right? But this is what happened. Let's continue. Barnabas took Mark, right? And who was, uh, Barnabas took John Mark, and I bet he was brokenhearted because that would have hurt. Imagine that, that that, would have hurt bad. These guys had done so much with God and now there's an agreement where they're not going to go anymore. That would have, been, that would have caused pain. And brokenhearted, hum- humbled, humiliated, shamed, and yet the good news is that in Colossians 4, John Mark is with Paul when he's in prison. So I'm not going to go there now, but it shows as time passed, the Bible doesn't explain it, but somehow they got unified to get in there together. So whatever God had to do, it, he's back with Paul in prison and becomes one of Paul's closest men. So, right or wrong decision, they both honored God, but that's pretty amazing. So guys, arguments are not good. You should just humble to the word of God, but there's also decisions that have to be made, right? I always go, before I say something, why do I need to say something? It doesn't, unless it's going to cause pain or cause something to, 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 to do wrong in the church or or it's going to be false doctrine but also there's going to be like amen. Why not? Yeah. Obviously I try to make sure I don't want people to take on something they're not really prepared for the best we can but that's what we try to do but you don't need to when, when there's disputable matters we just want to be unified and be asking the leadership so you're not everybody's not going all over the place starting little things. Right. It's not like you have to get permission but we want to be unified we're not stretched because we have a mission, right? Work together, Work together and talk through things. Let's look in uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 9, as we come in. So I think this is a really great scripture for you guys to restudy in Acts 15, because it really shows the incredible working through, and even like today, we have a a central leadership, right? World sectors, that there's world sector leaders that oversee parts of the world with the churches. We're in what we call the sages, Southern Asia Gulf states, which is Many states here in the southern part, but then we have India, and every world sector has taken on a third world country because the first world countries, we had to split it up because if everybody, if somebody has too many world first, third world churches, we're going to cave in. We're supporting the work in India. Yes. You're part of not just Orlando, the sages, that's why, it, and in the Caribbean, we're starting now too. You know, they went, they tried to get into Haiti, and they went for a missionary journey. It's just so challenging right there that it's not able, so they're looking for Costa Rica. Yeah. Right, but I'm talking about us getting in there, yeah. like help, helping them. It's just very dangerous. Yes. We have 10 churches there, but they're unified with us, but it's very challenging to get in there. It's like, talk about you can get killed. Yeah. Come on, Look at 2 Timothy 4, 9. Come on, you guys with me? He says here in verse 9, 2 Timothy 4, Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus at Tros and my scrolls especially the parchments get Mark and bring him with me bring him to me he's helpful see God worked it out unity and not varying from the truth even if you're having an issue but somehow it shows that God the spirit brought Mark back in because it followed Paul the whole time so God's siding more with the spirit going hey whatever's going on amen he's worked it through and he's back and they're unified in harmony see what I'm saying if we didn't see that, we'd go, well, what do we do? with his armies? go, no, we see that it had to work out as human beings. Whatever had to go on, when you get to heaven, you can say, hey, well, that must have been intense. How, you know, that, that's good questions we can ask. I, love, I hope we can have that. Like, we can look back as human beings from heaven and go, can we see? I just love, you know, what, Noah, you know, how you doing? I don't know if we'll be able to do that, but amen. And look in Colossians 4.10. just to see how unity must be forged, but the, but the mission can't be stopped. You cannot, the church can't stop because it starts to be divided. We have to fight for unity because it's bigger than us. Amen. So it says in verse 10, Colossians 4, my fellow prisoner Aristarchus sent you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. There are only only the Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God. They have proved a comfort to me. So you see real people dealing with stuff. You see that? See the fondness and the endearment that happened? That's unity. Unity must be forged. Unity in God's kingdom and following through the message, it gets More fragile, the bigger you get when you get into different churches and nations and honoring the customs and respecting the human beings in different nations, but then keeping the truth, which is love. That's why God says faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. Because no matter where you go, if you're loving, people can understand that universal power of language. Amen? And then you can work with the truth. So we're going to leave it here right now because we have an exciting baptism that's happening. And in just one more scripture as they come up, I want you to look at this because Timothy, I mean, in 2 Timothy 4, 9, are they ready yet? They're coming. Okay, good. All right, come on up, guys. You're awesome. And I'm going to turn it over to Earl in a minute. What we just read, you know, when we read in in 9, it's shortly before what we just read in 9 when he said, do your best to come to me quickly. He's in prison. Shortly before, Paul is beheaded and martyred for Christ. He writes this to Timothy that we just read. Wow. Do your best to come quickly. He was beheaded. He was in prison, and shortly after that, they cut his head off. And he said the only person that Paul asked for by name in this part of the scripture was John Mark. Mark, bring him. So you see the incredible endearment that had happened because if you do the right thing and you're humble, things work out, and sometimes it takes time, but you'll learn. If everybody's humble and keeps the truth first and patient and loving, you see it will always work and we keep moving. Amen. Yeah. So humility always wins. The power of forgiveness, and as I just close out here, the power of forgiveness had to happen in this relationship. Even though it doesn't detail, it had to happen. If you can't go, you can't go, hey, you're with me if you still have a feeling. You have to decide to forgive, right? And when forgiveness is complete, what happens? Unity is restored. You can't kind of forgive, you can't, you gotta work through it and fully, completely forgive. Only then will unity be restored. And sometimes when We have children, right? If they apologize to one another, it's not a real apology. You don't just get your child, now you say you're sorry. He's like, say you're sorry, and you can tell it's just lips. Now you have to take time. You got to go back and say, let's talk about this. Why? What did you do to your sister, right? You can't, because they'll just follow you. Say you're sorry. They're probably just saying sorry because they want to go out and play, and they don't want to get in trouble. No, you got to work with their heart. That's what we need to do with each other. Sometimes hurt is there, or disagreement, or misunderstanding. We got to work with each other, but love never fails. A lot of people can identify with Mark. He was a hero and he blew it. And he did blow it because he abandoned the mission team. Let's just be real. Paul said he deserted me. That, Paul's not trying to mean I can't take that chance. It must have been de- terrible. Yeah. And we see when Paul said all these other guys are deserted me. It's painful when people leave and fall away. Yes. So, But we see he's a hero because we all can relate to that. He blew it and he came back and, and even was stronger. His dreams were gone, I think, when he dis- disagreed with Paul and said, I'm done, I'm not going to agree with you. Think about it, where does he go? The movement was still going. They didn't summon. him, we don't know what he did. Yeah. And, but Barnabas, I think, put his arm around him because Barnabas was the son of encouragement. So I think Barnabas encouraged him even when they went because he wanted him to go. But whatever happened, we got to know what we see in these guys before. I love you, I believe in you, encouragement. And we know complete fig- forgiveness had to happen because they're all in Christ. Yeah. And if you don't have that complete unity... You have to forge it, and it's okay. But we must realize what is the center of everything. Jesus died for me, and to God be the glory, amen?